in the toy section than the kid who hangs the fingers from the pegs. Your host, Icy Robots. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It is me again, Icy Robots. I am not a hero, but I do sacrifice a bit of my week each and every week to make your week a bit less weak. And this week it's going to get... At first, it's going to get a bit more weak, but then it's going to get a lot less weak because we got an At The Movies Catch-Up Edition. I've been away for a bit, and I have seen... I've seen a bunch of movies, and I'm going to tell you... About all of it, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a ton of fun, man. So with all that said, let's, uh, let's get going into the show, you know? It's probably a good idea. All right, hit it. Once you rewind. Yo, Icy Robots, just kick a little something for them cars that be bumping. No You can't stop us now. You are listening to the Toys R Us report. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed, it is true. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. This is the Toys R Us report, and I'll tell you what. This year has has been trying. It's been trying hard to stop us, but we keep on keeping on. But it is with. With head in hands that I have to say, we lost uh, We lost somebody important today. We lost Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher has indeed passed off this earth. She was, she was in her 60s, man. She was crazy mad young. And I'm sure by now you've had time to let this sink in. It happened a while ago. I'm a bit ahead on the show. I just wanted to jump in and talk about this a bit. Carrie Fisher, of course played Princess Leia in Star Wars. She was with Yvonne Craig, one of the first crushes that I ever had. And I think that for a lot of you listening right now, she may have been the first crush that you also had. And it's just sad, man. It's sad to see her go. She she was on a flight, a uh, airline flight, and she had a heart attack while in the air. And according to all reports... She stopped breathing on the plane, but thanks to the heroic efforts of a fellow passenger, they were able to revive her, and since then, she has, of course, been in the hospital, but her mother, Debbie Reynolds, had reported that she was in stable condition, and I really, you know, I didn't know any of the particulars, but I felt very confident that she was going to pull through. She's the princess. She's Princess Leia. Of course, she's going to pull through. And I felt like this was a scare, but that she would still be with us for a long time after. But that wasn't the case. She she did not pull through. You know, every time something happens, it really puts a strain on us. And unfortunately, she's had, you know, she's had a history of, you know, some wild living. She's had 
you know, she's had her demons and these things, they really do take a toll on you and they, they lead to people we care about being taken before their time. So everybody out there, if you have a problem with the demons, I think that you need to, uh, you know, just try to rein it in, man. People care about you, but I don't know how many, uh, how many people out there who are listening to the show have that. I hope, I hope not very many. I hope that you're all fine, but man, Carrie Fisher was the princess. She has been in our lives for all of our lives, and it's it's just so hard to see her go. She was out promoting her new book, The Princess Diarist. Uh, I read it. I thought it was all right. I haven't read any of Carrie's previous works. And the, the big hook for this one was that she reveals that her and Harrison Ford, a.k.a. Han Solo, I'm sure you know that, had a onset affair. That's, uh, you know, it's a bit salacious, but it was enjoyable reading. And the the other parts of the book that really grabbed a hold of me were where where she talks about herself and just her her relationship with being the princess and just her her relationship as far as the images of a younger self. And you know, you know what I'm referring to. She talks a lot about. Just seeing pictures of her, herself, in the uh, slave girl outfit all the time. She talks about being on the convention circuit and having people always coming up to her and asking her to autograph these pictures. And she talks about how when she was younger, she never felt as if she was pretty, which is very strange because she was a beautiful young lady. And she said she feels like at the time she was a big round circle with three dots on it. That was that was how she saw herself. She said she felt fat and that she was a circle with dots and she could never understand why people were so into her. But now she looks back and she feels like just, you know, what, what she would give to be that person now. And I, I remember in the book she wrote that everybody loved her then and she wanted to know why nobody loved her now. And I think... That is very, that's very sad because everybody loved her. Everybody loved Carrie Fisher. She was a legend. She was a person above a lot of the other people out there in the pop culture world because she, she carried herself as a princess and she was this character and she brought this character to life and... We all absorbed her at such a young age that she was just really deep into our brains and into our hearts. Um, Everybody loved you, Carrie. Everybody loved you, Carrie Fisher. It's just, it's really sad. I, I, you know, I feel like I'm going back to that and I'm saying it's sad over and over and over again, but that's really what I'm feeling right now. I was just on Facebook. I found out, I got a, got a message, a phone message from uh, my brother sending me a big T-R-O-Y to, to Carrie Fisher and I... I emailed the wife to let her know, and I don't do that often. I try I try not to email her when, when she's at work. I, I prefer to keep work emails professional, especially those coming from, you know, the Jupiter-based email address. I want to make sure that it's all on the up and up. You never know who's who's uh, checking into your email at work. So just keep everything on the up and up is my uh, my idea for you today. But I, I, I felt as if this was something that she, she should know because she, you know, she is a star Wars lover like myself. So I sent her an email and when you do something like that, it's always tricky because I don't know what to put in the message header. Do I put Carrie Fisher? Because then she'll see it and she'll know. 
she'll know what happened. Or do I put something of the sort of breaking news, emergency email? I did not know what to put, so I just, I put uh, her initials, you know, my wife's initials in the email. I was just, I, 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 you know, I didn't didn't know what to put. I don't know how to break it to somebody that, somebody we all care about has passed away, because I know it's going to hit her hard too, but, you know, in in the body of the email, I put uh, that I just read on Facebook that Carrie Fisher's passed away, and she wrote back instantly about how heartbroken she was, and we were all heartbroken, and I, I was feeling it, but I wasn't... I was still, uh, you know, just like accepting it on the conscious level. But then uh, my main man, Earl Green, from thelogbook.com posted a picture of Carrie Fisher's dog, Gary Fisher, from Twitter. And the dog is a um, cute, small puppy dog. And it's it's looking out the window. And underneath, he's like, I'm waiting here at home for you. And, oh, that was just one of the saddest things that I, I've ever seen, I feel. It's important to remember that when somebody passes, you know, they're gone and that our sympathy should go to the living. And that living also includes her, her, your people's pets, because they don't know, they don't know why you're not, why you're never coming home. And it's just, it's heartbreaking. The princess, the princess was such a great character because she was just, she was so tough. She was so snarky and she was so tough. She wasn't, she needed rescuing. She was captured but it was mostly that, you know, she needed a ride off the Death Star when uh, Luke and Han Solo came for her. But she was her own person, and she was brave, and she could fight, and she had a blaster, and she could use it. She didn't need, you know, somebody to, to carry her out of the Death Star. You know, she was helping fight the way out of the Death Star because she she was a warrior. She was, you know, a special character. She wasn't like a lot of the other women you would see in movies at the time when... I had my Star Wars figs. the The 1977 Princess Leia really had a uh, really had a good place in the pantheon of figures. She was the only girl figure that I had at the time. I've since, you know, now I, I feel like I mostly collect girl action figures. Ray, Jen, Urso. I got a nice Captain Marvel. These are these are the things I like now. But at the time, I only had the one, and the princess could hang. You know, she could hang with Chewbacca, and she could hang with. Luke Skywalker, she she was out there fighting stormtroopers with the best of them in all of my imaginary battles, and I don't know, I don't know what else there is to say. I, uh, and you know, I, I'm sad to see you go, Carrie Fisher. They reminisce over you. moment at the movies without Ebert, Siskel or even that dude Roper. But you got Icy Robot, so that's something, right? They're beautiful. Nocturnal Animals is now nominated for three Golden Globe Awards, including Best Director Tom Ford. Don't do this. You'll regret it. USA Today raves. It's a Hitchcock-like thriller. Why don't we go to the beach? Just the two of us? and Jake Gyllenhaal shine in this electrifying masterpiece of a film. Nobody gets away with what she did. Nocturnal Animals, rated R. Nocturnal Animals stars Jake Gyllenhaal and also Amy Adams. Amy Adams is one of my favorite actresses. I think she's fantastic. I have been following her career since 
She was an underdog, and I think... I just think she's great, and Jake Gyllenhaal's not bad, too. Michael Shannon is also in the movie, and after watching this, I left the theater, and I turned to the old wife, and I said, you know, Michael Shannon's probably the best actor working today, and dude may very well be that. He is awesome and fantastic. Let's, uh, let's hop on over to the good old tomatoes, and we'll see what, we'll see what, uh, they got popping about Nocturnal Animals. It is currently at 71% on the tomato meter, and it is at 77% with the peeps. For the people like me and you, everyday folk, got it at 77%. I, I did like this movie. I have to, I have to warn you. At the beginning, there is a horrible scene of... Uh, violence, it is sexual violence, which I know most people find abhorrent and hard to watch, and there is a very hard to watch scene at the beginning, but this is a well put together, well crafted movie. It is the story of Amy Adams, who is a, she is a wife who is in a loveless marriage, and one day she receives a book from her ex-husband. Her ex-husband is a writer, and he wrote a book. He dedicated it to her. The book is known as Nocturnal Animals, and it is incredibly violent, and it is essentially the, the story of the rape and murder of her and her daughter, his daughter. It's a very strange movie that, for the most part, takes place inside of of the book. If you've seen the commercials for this, you might see you might see Jake Gyllenhaal and Michael Shannon together as if they are on on a case, you know, a, a crime case, like they're notorious crime dogs and. That story is what is taking place inside the book. So, much like a never-ending story, this is the story that takes place within the book. It's it's very well put together. The way the way you see through the course of the book how it um it mirrors the relationship between her and her ex-husband is very very interesting and during the course of the movie you get some quite excellent performances. You get uh, Michael Shannon, of course, is the policeman who's on the case of the murder. And then you have Amy Adams, who I said is always terrific. I've been down with her since underdog. Let me, let me tell my underdog story real quick. There is this guy who hangs around our downtown area. He is, I don't think he's a homeless guy, but he is a crazy weird guy. And he has very long straight hair, like all the way down, down to his, his buttocks. And he wears just the craziest colors. You know, he will wear neon colors, animal prints. He just, he dresses in these just outlandish outfits. He is an interesting downtown character. I've never had any reason for any beef. He's not a troublemaker. He's not a problem. He's just a guy who uh, looks silly and wears silly clothes. And when 2.0 was younger, we would go to the movies a lot, like a lot we would see just about everything. I'm talking, this is before she started school and it was me and her at home. We would take the bus downtown, watch a movie, get something to eat and come home. That was like a typical day. We would do that a couple times a week. I She she does not even know the amount of movies she's seen because she would sometimes fall asleep. She was a little, but 
we would go see just about everything that was appropriate for her to see. And we went to see Underdog, and it was me and her alone in the big theater because we would go early. I'd try to go when there wouldn't be other people to potentially disturb, even though she was always a good uh, movie viewer. She's never allowed. I would bring her along, but we would go early just so I wouldn't bug anybody. So it's just us and a person down in the front of the theater. And Underdog was a terrible movie, and we were kind of mystery science theatering it a bit. We're making fun of it. And all of a sudden, the guy turns around, and he goes, Do you mind? Like, super loud, and da-da-da. It was the guy with the crazy clothes. And her and I were sort of somewhat obsessed with this guy. We'd see him on the bus, and we'd be like... There he is, look, there's that guy. And there he was in the front of the theater and he was shushing us and it was and it was it was funny. We had a had a good laugh out of that. But um Amy Adams has always been terrific and she's terrific in this. This movie is well acted. Aaron Taylor Johnson, who you might know as Kick Ass, who you might know as Quicksilver, is in and he got a, a Golden Globe nomination for this. He plays one of the the suspects of the of the heinous crime and he is just, like, over-the-top delightful. If you can get over the violence, there is a very well-put-together movie here. I would give Nocturnal Animals uh, 3.5 mics on the source meter. It's good. 3.5 mics is pretty much the average review I give because I tend not to go see movies that look super stupid, so I get a lot of just-under-excellence. And this is, this is where this is. 3.5 mics... Good watching. If you think you can handle it and you get a chance, check it out. You might like it uh, just, you know, for the performances alone. America's top critics rave. Manchester by the Sea is a masterpiece. Powerful, emotional filmmaking. Michelle Williams is stunning. My heart was broken, but I know yours is broken too. And Casey Affleck delivers an Oscar-caliber performance. Time Magazine says it's not to be missed. From producer Matt Damon comes the film that's certified fresh with an incredible Rotten Tomato score. Manchester by the Sea, written and directed by Kenneth Lonergan. Rated R. The next movie that we saw was Manchester by the Sea. We were we were in and out of the arty farty Summerfield Theater just all week. Uh, it's Golden Globes time, you know. I wanted to catch up on all the things that were nominated, so we went to see Manchester by the Sea. Let's hop on over and get the uh, tomatoes. It is presently at ninety seven percent on the tomato meter and eighty three percent with the everyday folk like you and I. It's this movie is, it's up for a lot of Golden Globes. You got, like, Best Picture, and then Casey Affleck, the star, is nominated for Best Actor. Manchester by the Sea is the story of a man whose brother passes away. The brother is played by Kyle Chandler, who we all know is Coach, off Friday Night Lights. He passes away, and he leaves the care of his son in the hands of his younger brother, who is played by Casey Affleck. Casey's one of my favorite actors. I think he I think he's terrific and he really does he really does shine in this movie. It it's very sad. It has a sad tone. Of course, you know, you're dealing with something like like the death of a brother, but there are many reasons why uh Lee that is his name, the character played by Casey Affleck. There are many reasons why Lee moved away from the town of Manchester by the Sea, and the reasons are just, they're heartbreaking, and they will stay with you 
they will be with you long after the movie's over. This is a very, I don't want to say real, it's a very realistic movie in that it deals with a lot of just, just the normal day-to-day things you would have to deal with when taking care of somebody else's estate. There, There is some comedy, there's some humor, much like there is in real life. There is a lot of heartbreaking sadness. There is just two people getting to know each other. The son is a very typical 16-year-old. He has his own his own life and his own friends and he it's very hard for him to accept that his uncle who he very seldom sees is now you know in his life as well as having to deal with you know the passing of his father who you know of course he loved the son is played by a guy named Lucas Hedges and I'm not familiar with anything here but when you hear about this movie you're hearing about the great performance of Casey Affleck and it is an amazing performance. He's terrific in this movie. He he may very well win the Oscar, I think. I if you ask me to put money down right now, I would put him as the favorite for the the best actor Oscar, but this kid Lucas Hedges is terrific. When when you go back and you think about the movie after you've seen it, you'll realize you're thinking a lot about the scenes that he was in because he is just so believable as this kid. I I am presently raising a teenager, and I see so much of her in him. It was just an outstanding performance. I would also like to see him get a Best Supporting nomination. I think he deserves it. This movie is not perfect. It is long. It feels like close to three hours. I think it's two and 15, but it's just, it's really long, and it's very dreary, and it's sad, but... It's also very good. It's excellent. It's an excellent movie with great acting. The The shots of this seaside town they in are in are just, you know, they're terrific. It looks like such a nice place, but they, they kind of show you, like, the stillness of the sea as a way to represent, you know, just how, how they're feeling. And it's a good movie. I can't... I can't recommend that, like, you rush out and see it because it's long, it's dreary, and you'll be like, why did my boy Icy Robots tell me to go see that movie? But it's going to do good when Oscar time comes around. It may very well win Best Picture. It has a lot of good buzz. There's another movie that also has terrific buzz that we're going to talk about later that's going to really, really challenge for Best Picture, but uh, Manchester by the Sea is definitely on the list of the movies that they are going to be looking at, so... With all that said, I'm going to give it, I gave it like another three and a half mics. I can't, I can't go and give it four because I don't feel as if I ever want to see it again, which isn't a knock on the movie. It's just, I don't, I don't need to have my heart pulled out of my chest again in that way, but it's good. It's very good. You're going to be hearing about it Oscar time. So if you're interested in that kind of stuff, definitely check it out. Yeah, I see the decorations. One, two, three, four. This holiday season, La La Land is the most acclaimed movie of the year. What are you doing right now? Nothing. I'll see you in the movies. La La 
Land. Rated PG-13. Now playing select cities everywhere Christmas Day. La La Land was the family's Christmas movie. We have a tradition. We see a movie every Christmas. It's just, it's one of these things we do. Heck, we see a movie like twice a week. So why would Christmas be any different? La La Land was interesting in that it opened up on Christmas. I can't think of a lot of movies off the top of my head that opened up on a Sunday. That was different, but... They knew what they were doing. When we got to the theater, I figured that it would be... The movies on Christmas are always super busy. A lot of folks have a Christmas movie tradition. I think that you've been with the family all day. You've had dinner, blah, blah, blah. You're sick of talking. This is a good way to stay together, but also not really, like, have to carry on a conversation or whatever. So the movies are always packed. This has been my experience as a moviegoer and also as a theater worker. The Christmas is one of the busiest days ever. So when we went to see uh, La La Land, we decided to play it smart and get there a bit early. But there were already fools hanging from the rafters. When we got over to the theater, there were, man, it was packed. We barely were able to find three seats together and we were there like a good 30, 30 minutes early or so. I should have figured something out, though, because this movie has crazy buzz. Everybody who talks about movies is talking about this movie. And I'll tell you what, all that talk is deserved. This movie is terrific. It is one of the best, most fun movies I saw this year. It was a delight. It was a treat. It was every good thing I can say. It is a musical. If you have uh, issues with that, then this might not be your cup of tea, but... If you have warmth in your heart, if you have enjoyment in your heart, this is the movie for you. It is so much fun. The songs are so much fun. It's great. It stars Ryan Gosling, the baby goose himself, and also Emma Stone, both of whom are just incredibly charming and incredibly charismatic. And they take that charm and that charisma and they carry it throughout the movie. There are a million great dance numbers. There are a zillion Great songs. This movie was just, it was just a hoot and a half, man. It starts off with this great scene where a bunch of folks are trapped on the highways in LA with just heinous traffic. And if you've ever been to LA, you know that, you know that the traffic is just, it's off the chain, man. It's the worst. But they take this and they turn it into a dazzling dance number. You will see it and then you will immediately wish that you were watching it at home so you could rewind it. It's that good. It's that fun. Basically, this is the story of two people, Emma Stone and Baby Goose, who are both trying to make it in showbiz. Baby Goose is a piano player who loves jazz. Emma Stone is a barista who acts. And in between trying to make it, they they try to find love with each other. It, It was just so much fun. We had a great time at this movie. There is... One of the songs, and I have been humming it, seriously, like, since we saw it. And they keep going back to this song throughout the movie. It really ties everything together. It's just a lot of fun, man. Let's uh, hop on over to the good old tomatoes. As of right now, as we speak, this is at 93 tomatoes with the critics and 91 tomatoes with the peeps with the us it's pretty close man that's like just about universally loved um i saw i saw nothing wrong with this movie you will go 
you will open your heart, you will like it, you will have a great time. It's just, just a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. And I, I mean that. I, I give this the highest recommendation. If you go to the movies because you want to have a good time and because you want to feel good and you want to leave with more joy in your heart than when you started, then by all means, go see La La Land. This one, this one also has a real good chance to clean up at the Oscars because... Not only because it's fantastic, but also because, because it's about Hollywood. Hollywood loves movies about Hollywood. And this is absolutely a love letter to movies and to the movie business and just the whole, whole LA area. But man, don't let that stop you. Just, I don't know, go see it. You'll have a good time, I promise. Take a date. We took 2.0 and she had a fantastic time. We were going to go see... Passengers, the one with uh, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. I thought that would be a nice uh, Christmas movie, but I I looked within myself and I said, you know, you're with two women. You're with a teenage girl and you're with the old wife. And as nice as they are and as cool as they are and as much as they would go see this sci-fi movie with you, why don't you bend a bit, have some Christmas spirit and go see... The musical with the charming baby goose and the lead. And I'm, you know, I'm glad I did, man. I had a good time. Open up your heart. Go see La La Land. I'm giving it a big solid four mics. But that is not all I saw this week. I saw a bunch of other movies. A lot of these I saw on the Roku. I saw from Joe Video. Got those on VHS. So we're gonna, we're gonna sum all that together. And we're gonna have what we like to call Lightning Round. Lightning Round. The first movie I saw in the Lightning, Lightning Round is a movie called Into the Forest. It stars Ellen Page and Evan Rachel Woods from uh from Westworld. I've been on this Evan Rachel Wood kick ever since I saw Westworld. Good stuff. I also I love Ellen Page. I think she's a delight. I think she's a treat. Almost everything she in is in is great. And this is no exception. Uh into the Forest is the story of two sisters who were stuck out in the woods when all of a sudden one day the power goes out. And I don't mean like they got the electricity cut. The power goes out for the entire world. They have no idea what happens. They're stuck in the woods. Their father is with them, but he passes away in a chainsaw accident. He's out cutting woods, wood, and the two of them have to, they have to stay together figure out what's going on, and decide what to do with the rest of their lives. It's very, very, very good. I liked it a lot. It's only got 46 tomatoes over on the tomato meter, which is a bit bit uh, under what I would give it. I, I thought this was a lot of fun. You can check it out on Amazon Prime Video if you happen to have that. I highly recommend it, Into the Forest. The second movie I saw, I got over at Joe Video on VHS. Big up to Joe Video. Over in uh, Santa Rosa, check it out if you happen to be in the area. I got this movie called War Dogs. It stars Miles Teller and Jonah Hill. It is the story of two dudes who get into the business of selling guns to the government. They discover this sort of uh, small loophole in the system. And there is a way that you can bid on these contracts. And they do. They end up making a ton of money. It is very much like The Wolf of Wall Street, but not as good. And with guns instead of penny stock. I like Miles Teller. I'm a big fan of the boy. Uh, Jonah Hill is really good in this. He ended up getting a Golden Globe recommendation. Overall, I can't recommend this movie. It's not fantastic. I would give it maybe like three mics. There is enough fun in it so that you're enjoying yourself when you see it. But 
it's nothing that you, you know, you gotta run out there and knock people over to check out. The next movie I saw is a British film known as Capsule. I also got this one over at, uh, Joe Video on VHS, and it is a small-budget sort of sci-fi thing about Britain's space service. It is told entirely, like, inside of the capsule. There is this fella who's up in there, and it's like Apollo 13 in that he is, he is stuck, and he's communicating with, with the people on land via the radio, and... After a while, he begins to wonder, is everything as it seems? I like this a lot. There's a lot of tension. Very good acting. Very well shot. I would give this the typical IC Robots review of 3.5 mics. It has an amazing twist ending that you are sure to love. Capsule, check it out if... Check it out if you got a video store near you. Go down, rent it. You will not be sorry. So, no phony pepperoni, man. Capsule's really good. I think there is another movie that I, I might be forgetting, but if I can't remember what it is, how, how worthy is it of review? So, that's the end. Lightning, Lightning round, moving to the final segment of the show. drop by supportthereport.com and consider becoming a show patron for as low as a measly dollar a month. It's the right thing to do. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment, your weekly toy shop update, the Toys R Us report. All right, my dudes, we are back for the final segment of the show known as the Toys R Us Report. And this is the part of the show where I'll talk about, like, what I saw on TV that was fun or maybe some new toy that I picked up or what I saw over at the Toys R Us on the pegs. But um, I'm still, still in the Christmas mode. I haven't got to uh, tell you guys what I scored on for Christmas. And that's always fun, I think. The... The, uh, the year was good for me, man. I really, uh, had a nice Christmas. Like I said earlier, we went to see La La Land, which was fantastic, and we made a ham, and we sat around the fire, spent a bit of time walking around catching Pokemon, and, you know, in the early portion of the day, we opened gifts, and that was, that was a hoot and a half. I... I feel as if I did, I did fairly well. I got, I got a few shirts. I got a, uh, I got a Tell Him Steve Dave shirt. That's one of my favorite podcasts over on the Smodcast Network. It's the one, you know, with Walt Flanagan and Brian Johnson and all these other, uh, childhood friends of Kevin Smith. I really enjoy that. I got a shirt for that. I got a, uh, USS Nostromo shirt. That is the ship in Alien, I got a shirt for that. I really enjoy shirts that are from, like, companies inside of fictional worlds. You know, I, I like to wear my geek shirts like we all do, but I think that it's cool if you have one that is not, you know, for example, like a Superman logo, even though the Superman logo is a classic shirt that we all, uh, you know, must have had at one time or another and we all enjoy. I prefer, you know, one that would say, for example, LexCorp or the Daily Planet or, you know... Smallville Times, or whatever, you know, some kind of a company 
inside of the Superman world. So it's a bit more inside, I guess, you know. I, I don't know, dude. I Maybe I'm an uppity geek, and I just only only want people who are in the know to be able to recognize what, what I got. Let's see. What else did I get? Oh, I got a big box full of Archie comics. The Archie Double Digest. These are the ones that you see when you're over at Kmart, you know, on the rack or at Safeway. These small, like, paperback, book-sized, really thick ones. I got a whole shoebox full of those, and that's that's really great. I have, I have gotten into Archie so hard lately. I can't, I can't believe it. All these years, I, you know, I turned my nose up at Archie. I just, I wasn't into it. I, I was kind of, once again, uppity, an uppity comic book fan. Maybe, you know, Kevin Zerb has approached me about maybe working with him on the Pretentious Podcast. And I said, that could be fun. That's a show he does where you talk about pretentious things. And I go, that could be cool. But, uh, I'm not, I don't feel as if I am pretentious. I think, I think coming from California, that California dudes come off pretentious to folks in other states right off the bat. But then I keep sounding like an uppity geek. So I don't know, man, maybe, maybe I should take him up on the offer. But at any rate, I, I turned my nose up at Archie, but then I picked up a few at, uh, at the dig. I saw some of the double digest and I said, eh, I need something to read. I'll grab one of these. It's going to cost like a dime. And as I started to check into him, I, I really got into it. It's good stuff. I mean, Archie has been in our culture for 75 years now. And there's a reason for that. The stories are good. They're fun. They're wholesome. They're just like classic tales. I like Archie. That's the, you know, the flagship of the uh, series. You know, they that's the one about Archie Andrews himself and his adventures. Then you have Jughead which focuses on him, and I do enjoy Jughead, but I think overall my favorite might be Betty and Veronica. The tension between the two characters makes for some really interesting stories. The whole thing has always been weird to me, but I've been examining it a bit, a bit, uh, maybe too close. Uh, you know the basic story idea that Betty and Veronica are both in love with Archie, and he cannot decide which of the two Betty is the nice hometown girl. She's been Archie's friend for life. She's blonde. She's wholesome. She's sweet. She does sports. Fixes cars. You know, she's the girl you could go shoot baskets with and hang out with. And then you have Veronica, who is the daughter of the richest guy in Riverdale, Mr. Lodge. She is Veronica Ronnie Lodge. And Archie really has a thing for her. He enjoys Betty, and he's, you know, dated Betty and gone on dates with Betty, but he sort of takes her for granted, having always had her around. He he is somewhat obsessed with Ronnie. He will do what she asks at the drop of a hat, and the whole time, Betty is there pining away for good old Archie. And I was always, always thinking... Why does this guy, who is, by all accounts, apparently, to me, a doofus with buck teeth and goofy, goofy haircut, goofy hair, freckles, just a total dingleberry, but then I started, I started checking it out a bit closer, and I noticed that Archie was always, he was always at the beach, and he always had his shirt off, and he could surf, and when he was in the water, you know, he had a, uh, more Speedo-like swimsuit than, you know, like, uh, board shorts like I wear. And I started thinking, 
maybe Archie is a hunk. You know, maybe it's just the drawing style that makes Archie look the way he does. Maybe in reality, dude, is a dream date. And then I saw the previews for the new uh, CW show Riverdale, which is created by Greg Berlanti. And it kind of has like this Twin Peaks sort of take on uh, Riverdale. And the dude they got to play good old Archie Andrews in the previews is like out jogging shirtless in the rain and he has a six pack and all the girls swoon when he comes around and I go, you know, I think Archie might be a hunk and maybe they just draw him to look like a dork. He, it must be. The evidence is there. He, you know, he, he swims and runs around with his shirt off. He wears a Speedo. He has two cute chicks vying for his attention. It must be. Archie is cool. But anyhow, I, I like uh, Betty and Veronica the most. They're always at each other's throats and... There's just, you know, there's a lot of tension that goes for a lot of good stories, but I got a big box of Archie's, which was cool because I sort of developed this tradition of every night, I keep one of these by the bed, and before I go to sleep, you know, I'll read five or six Archie stories. The Double Digest, these are the ones that I have, they're like previously published Archie tales, and they're, I don't know, like a million small two, three page stories, I guess. These are like three million page books by my account. But, you know, they're like 40, 30 stories, you know, a couple pages each. And I'll read a few before I go to bed. It kind of helps to wash away the day. You know, you read these nice stories about Archie uh, trying to get some extra money to take Veronica out. And it really just kind of pushes everything away and it makes me sleep a bit more soundly. I, I rest, I rest my head better knowing that Somewhere out there is Archie Andrews. I've even even started reading the current Archies. They sort of relaunched Riverdale with more of more of like a teen friendly vibe, you know, from like kids kids of nowadays. And I I bought all the the Archies on the on the Archie app. I have the Archie app on my tablet, and I bought all the Archies that are out. And uh, there's like 15, and I read them, and I said this is really good stuff. So then. I went and bought all the Jugheads, and I go, this is really good stuff. Like, seriously, really good stuff. Not just, like, for an Archie fan. This is, like, good, I kind of like teen literature and teen shows like Degrassi and stuff. I don't know. I I kind of like to just keep abreast of what the teens are into instead of actually, like, talking to my own teen. I'll read Archie and watch Degrassi by, by myself. Uh, but, I, you know, like I like to read these teen tales. Maybe it's just because I've never grown past those years, but, um, I'm really enjoying these Archies, and the Jugheads are, are super funny. There's one where he falls in love with the girl who plays the hamburger mascot for, uh, Pop's Chocolate Shop. That's the place where they all hang out. She, she's out front wearing a hamburger suit, and Jughead has, he has, like, a weird sexuality. I don't, I don't want to dig too deep into it, but he doesn't seem interested in girls, and it's not as if that, you know, they have gay characters in Riverdale. So, he, you know, he's not interested in dudes either. He's not gay. He seems only interested in eating. He is, he's asexual, like Morrissey, I guess. Like Morrissey claims to be. Morrissey from uh, from the Smiths. He's, he's like that. But he falls in love with the burger mascot of the chocolate shop. And he becomes very disappointed when he finds out that she's not a real hamburger. That she is, in fact... Sabrina the Teenage Witch inside of a burger suit. That was really good stuff. I enjoyed that. And they have 
recently uh, launched a Betty and Veronica book, so I got that too. I'm going to start picking that up. I, I talked to my boy Chris over at uh, Comics for the Win here in Santa Rosa, and he is adding Archie, Jughead, and Betty and Veronica to my pull list. So what are you going to do, man? I'm the best. Uh, I I have, you know, a comic budget. It's not that I run out of money due to comics, but there's only so much that I want to spend. I keep a number in my head, and I said, well, if you're going to add three books, you have to drop two, just just to keep it a bit even. So I said, okay. I went and checked out my stack of books I subscribed to, and I said, which ones are still here? Which ones haven't I read yet? So I said, oh, Spider-Man and Captain America, the Captain America where he's a Hydra agent. I said, well, these two are here. You don't seem as if you're in a rush to read them, so I canceled them. And I got Archie's instead, so I don't know what that says about me. To me, it says that I'm cool, but I don't know what it says to you or or to anyone else. So, you know, that was all good. I got I got a couple other things, but the, the you know, the main spirit in Christmas is it is in fact giving, and as you get older, you do realize that remember how your parents would seem happy with a few meager gifts. I think I've I think I've gotten to that point where I don't need stuff. I have stuff. I have too much stuff. I have too many stuffs. So, once again, you know, I asked uh, 2.0. I said, don't get anything for me. Go with your friends. Take the money you were going to spend on me and donate a toy to Toys for Tots. So they did that. I'm hoping, I'm hoping that the uh, spirit of that gets in her heart by having to go do it herself because... The spirit of Christmas is, in fact, giving. So, uh, I would like her to know that. And I would like you to know that, too. Remember when Christmas rolls around next year that there are a lot of folks out there who don't get to even get Archies or T-shirts. They, in fact, get nothing. So, let's do our best to get something for all those guys. I'm actually... I have a small project in mind. I've gotten a large... USPS priority box and over the course of the year I'm going to take this box and I'm going to leave it here in uh in the office and I'm going to put things in it things that I pick up at the flea market fun things toys magazines tapes just cool stuff that I find and over the course of the year I'm going to fill this box and then when Christmas rolls around what I want you guys to do is just go and give anything to whatever equivalent Toys for Tots or Giving Tree that you have in your area. Send, you know, send some kind of verification to me. Just send me a big bow wow and tell me you did it. Maybe send a picture. That would be cool. And I'm going to enter you into a drawing. And at the end of the year, I'm going to give this box away. I already got the box going. There are a couple cracked magazines in there. There is some cool toys. I come across so much cool stuff that I don't want to keep, but I buy anyway, that when Christmas rolls around, this box is going to be fun. I'll throw in some stickers. It's going to be cool, man. So just kind of keep thinking about that over the course of the year. And when Christmas rolls around again, we will do the big IC Robots Radio priority box of cool stuff giveaway. It's going to be fun, and it's going to teach us all to be a bit more generous for Christmas, and nothing wrong with that. It's all good in the hood. So, let's see. Next week, we're going to be back. We are going to do the 
top five movies of 2016. I know there's been a lot of movie talk lately, but that's just the way it's going to be sometime. But we'll get back. We'll be talking superheroes. We'll be talking comics. We'll be talking toys. We'll be talking all kinds of fun stuff. Right now, it is a bit movie-centric, but we're at the end of the year, man. We gotta go and find out what was the best of the best. It's important. It's important for you to know what I think is the best movie I saw. I don't know why I think that. It's just what I think, I guess. The whole basis of the show is that, for whatever reason, I think it's important for me to tell you what I think. I don't know. I guess I... I guess I'm pretentious. Uh, at any rate, this is me... I see robots. We're going to sign off. We're going to head out of here. This is the Toys R Us report episode number 104. If you don't know, now you know. This has been an I see robots radio production. I See Robots Radio is a listener-supported in day ah. If you like what we do and we make your day a little easier, please consider tossing a few bucks our way to help keep the life support running. All money collected goes to help us prepare for future space pirate attacks. Go on over to supportthereport.com for all the details. Thanks and have a great week.